0: Well, everyone, welcome to the From Busy to Rage podcast. Our podcast exists to inspire advisors to increase their profitability and the quality of life for themselves, but also for those that they serve. Uh, Wes, thanks for being here today. Great to see you as always. Excited to be here, Andy. Well, we've got a guest today. Why are not you, because you've got an existing relationship and have for many, many years. I'm interested to hear how far back you and Ryan go, but go ahead and introduce your guest uh, real quick and, um, and tell us how long have you known each other?
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited about our guest today. Uh, one of my really, really good friends, um, that it's, it's close to two decades. Uh, we, we, we can't identify exactly the first time we met, but we, we met, uh, both, you know, came in the business, large, uh, mutual insurance company and, um, we, we bumped into each other in enough trainings to where we figured out we liked each other and, and we wanted to, uh, start, strategically thinking about the futures we were creating. So I had a lot of commonality and, um and R- Ryan Doss, who's our guest, I'm going to have him kind of walk us through a little bit of his story. Uh Not not just where things are today, because that's important. I want to get there, but also what they were like on, when we were in, when we were new and the pivotal things, because one of the things having known Ryan for a long time is, is he thinks deeply about decisions that he's making, um, about the disciplines that he's following. So, as you'll learn, uh, that, you know, his, his success is not an accident. Uh, it, it, it is very, uh, rhythmic, methodical, thought out, uh, not without like wrong turns. Of course, like we all have or things that we tried didn't work, but I just love what he's created and, uh, and, and where he's going. I mean, I, I think it's just a, a super exciting story. And I think it's going to really, you know, be a blessing to all the, the advisors that are listening today. So Ryan, thank thank you for being a part of the podcast today, my friend. It's uh, it's great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. So Ryan, you bet.
0: Ryan, let's start there. Let's start with the origin story and how you had it super easy early on and just were handed all of your business. I'm just kidding. So well, tell tell us where you started and what the early days were like.
2: Yeah, you know I've heard Wes's story uh, so many times I could probably tell it, but but like him, I had just this phenomenal natural market of. Drunk college buddies, um, but I was I was a finance major, and I actually went to a career fair uh, just to get a name on my resume. And I figured, well, I'll just get this internship; it'll be a name on my resume. And I had a conversation with at the time they called them managers. Now they're partners of a, of a large regional insurance carrier, and and basically the pitch was, yeah, we're we're a great company. You want to sign your resume? You should you should do this for six months. Like, yeah, well, that's that's a great idea. So. You know, I was I was waiting tables, going to school full time, um, got my insurance licenses. Um, I, I think I won like the intern of the year for the for the company and and I don't know that the stakes were very high, but of course you won. Of course you did. Started started getting, you know, a, a little bit of experience. And and then over like the next year and a half, I was going through school. Well, one is great because you're used to being broke in school. Um, and I was kind of waiting tables to pay the bills and and then slowly accumulated some securities licenses and and then, you know, by the time I was graduating, I had a a, a small um, book of business and and was just ready to go. And, and so we, it kind of went from there, um, you know, and I, I will share a story because I know you guys have a lot of folks that are building their business. But we started out, um, you know, I did a lot of business walks because I wasn't great on the phone, but we would walk into businesses and basically try to talk to them about health insurance because that's what people want to talk about. And I remember we had a particularly challenging day of getting not a lot of, having not a lot of progress. And so we walked into this place. I won't say the name, but they built cedar houses. And so I knocked on that. It's kind of a, a simple office and the guy opened the door and we gave him our cards. We're with you know, ABC insurance. I said, Oh, you guys selling life insurance? I said, yeah, you guys selling junk homes. And um, <laughs> he did not become a client. Um, <laughs> but it was uh, you know, it was a great experience. Turns uh, out he, you were working on your language. You're still, <laughs> yeah, so we're still mastering, mastering. Working on some language. Word. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we started just, just a lot of boots on the ground and, and, you know, um, the, the company had a good process and I, I followed that as best I could because I they knew a lot better than I did and, and just kind of grinded it out.
0: Well, tell me, um, you know, what Wes has a perception, obviously that, that you, you were doing some things right. And again, I don't know if there was, you know, one of two interns and you won the, the award that year for, you know, you beat out Mark or whatever, but, um, uh, Tell tell me some of the things that you did do early on that you think benefited. Was it hunger that you just like, I'm just going to work harder than everybody else? Did you um, find yourself just better at explaining uh, products to people? Um, You know, you sound like you didn't have a real natural market. I just I mean, did you just sell to every table that you also waited on at the same time? You know, would you like, you know? Well, you know, would you like fries with that? And would you like life insurance? I mean, wh- what did you do early on that worked?
2: Yeah. No, you know, funny. I, I didn't pitch any of my cables. I probably should have in hindsight, but I was, I was probably too afraid and scared. Um, I'm what you would call a recovering analytical. So I, I, I was really a student of the business. I, you know, I read a lot. I studied a lot. I got a lot of licenses and credentials early on, but I was always, you know, a little bit of an introvert and, and talking to people, so I, I just tried to force myself to get into those situations. I did join some networking groups, uh, B&I, you know, that's a nationwide one, um, good or bad experience, but it, it got me in front of people and made me talk every week to a group of people. Um yeah. you know, We bought leads, we, you know, worked with other agents, business walks. I mean, I pretty much anything that was out there, I was, I was willing to try it. And, right. and the expression is, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. I, I was just uncomfortable a lot.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so, so tell me when you started to feel like uh, I'm going to stick with this. Like obviously, you went past the six months for the resume, right? You're like, okay, it's it's firmly on the resume, but it, the six months had passed. What what made you say I want to keep doing this versus go do whatever else you might have been able to do with a degree?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I've always been drawn to finance and. Is the knowledge built? It, it, it's really fun, you know, helping people put the pieces together. I mean, even when you're new and you feel like maybe you, you certainly don't know it all, you, you probably know more than 95% of people out there, especially for the new right. people. I mean, you know, people, they just don't teach this stuff. I was a finance major and I maybe had one or two courses in financial planning. They were electives. So, um, you know, being able to, to help people with that knowledge and. Um, and then I've always been drawn to the idea of building a business right you can you can build this business with very little capital you know um you, it's just sweat equity and and you can build a nice residual business and um we've done a little bit of things in real estate and some others and what I love about this business is you know if you take care of people and, and treat them they they stick around um you know we have a, right. a very high retention rate that I'm proud of and we don't do anything magic other than we try to do what we say we're going to do. And we, we return phone calls. Um, and people seem to like that.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and, and Ryan on, I'd love it. Take a second. Cause I want, I want, I I, mean, I definitely want to come back to some of these, these, uh, these thoughts. And I want to come back to the idea specifically of that you early on had a mindset that you were building a business, not just going to a job. And I think that's a key distinction of, our friends that we've been in this thing for 20 years that, um, we look at that some of them, they basically created a job for themselves full time that is, is not bad or wrong, but there is a difference in the mindset to building a business. But before we dive into that, so I just help me remember to come back to that guys. Um, talk about the way things are set up, uh, in your world today, like a day in the life of you, year in the life of you today in the practice and how it's been built. Yeah. Well, it, it looks a lot
2: different. Um, you know, there's still a lot of things we want to improve and grow on. And, and, you know, we still How do. How many
1: walkabouts did you do today before? I, I, our, our I did month. not do any. Luckily. Okay. Okay. Uh, Good. So you're saying that model is no longer the key driver to what you're, what you're doing? It is not.
2: Thank, thank God for that. It, it is not. Um, nope. We, we had a meeting earlier that was a, a referral and, and it looks like she's coming on board. So, so that was great. Um, I, yeah, I, we have a staff of six. Um, we're based in, in West Michigan. Uh, we have clients in probably, I don't know, 20 States, you know, Zoom's a great thing. And, and COVID in hindsight, maybe helped that somewhat. I, I dare say it was good that we had COVID, but people are more open, right? I know yep. you've been remote for a long time. Yep. Um, I have two assistant planners and, and they see clients and, um, you know, I see sort of the top, you know, 70 clients we serve. We just skinnied our book up quite a bit. We serve about 200 households. Um, so the fraction of that's me, a fraction of that's them. I have a really, really good director of operations that runs the office. And when I say runs the office, like he runs the office. Um, my job is to see clients, prep the meetings and do the post meetings, and he handles everything else. Um, and then we've got a, a really good uh, systems person for client prep, client review, and and then um, uh, really sort of a master schedule slash marketing person. So that's that's our team.
1: That's awesome, and and would you say uh, so? One of the things again, we talk about on the podcast a lot is that the, the the we believe that that the future of this business is that you are the product. You're a curator of great ideas, and you have ideas worth paying for. Do you to walk through? Are you a fee based model, or are you AUM only? How, how does it? How's your like as a percentage? Does do those things you think shake out? Yeah. Well, I was worried you were going to ask me to say, uh, you know,
2: how do I describe what I do in, in a crowded <laughs> room? Cause I still wrestle with that, but I, I would say we are a, uh, we are a fee based holistic planning firm. Uh, probably about 90% of the clients we work with at this point are going to pay either an ongoing retainer or at least an initial engagement fee. And, um, you know, you and I were talking, we went through coaching series together. I've, I've been through your program. I think I was actually in the pilot version, which is, you we, we tried a lot of stuff out on you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, I, I did go back through it again, I think last year, and you, you you've certainly cleaned it up a lot since the, <laughs> so, tip to the cap to you, but, but we it's, did, we well enough. um, so no, you know, the language, you know, is, is, is the same with everybody. And then usually at the end, we, we have a few options for them. Um, again, especially with me, almost all of them are going to be in a in a you know engagement fee-based arrangement. Some of the other guys, it's it's an offering. Um, but you know, you've spoken to this, and I guess just to the advisors that are thinking and, and looking at it, there is a lot of fear. And I remember going through that transition because I was pretty hardcore insurance for a while. And then we started doing investments and we started doing more investments. But, you know, to steal your language, you know, we're always dancing and you're hoping to get paid for that dance. And Mm -hmm. You know, it's just the psychology that changes when, you know, we have something of value, we don't need to give it away and people are happy to pay for it. And just like they pay their doctor, their accountant, their lawyer, um, and that shift. And when they, when they actually pay for something, funny thing happens, right. That, that, that they take it a lot more seriously. Yeah. And if they don't do it, that's okay too. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're a big proponent of that. Um, you know, it it's just really worked
1: well for us and and I think it keeps a very high level of engagement with the client. And and Brian, as you so you you yeah, that's a great explanation of, of your current infrastructure team, um, which is truly able to create value, whether you show up in the office today or not, they're they're still meeting with clients, they're still moving projects forward. Um, did you hire all of them at once? <laughs> no.
2: You know, the progression, right? I think like most Moses, um, I think it was like maybe my second or third year in the business, I hired a really bad assistant, a really bad, like because <laughs> like one of the few that responded and that was willing to work for six or eight bucks an hour or whatever it was. And, and it just, just wasn't very good. And then- yeah, And you had a thorough vetting process for that. Yeah, them, yeah. Right? I was like, can you that send
1: them Tested them? him, Colby, can right? Working genius. Phone?
2: I don't know. What's Colby? Um, so then we had a secondary person who was also not great. And, and then it kind of went that way, almost like a rotating door for probably five or six years, probably longer than that. Um, I've had some decent people and, and then I hired, uh, I will take credit, Josh, who's with me, uh, probably about nine, 10 years ago. And so he's an AFA by our common definition, but he does a yep. lot of service work. He's great, but it's, it's pretty clear that I'm not a great manager or hire. Higher er is that a word of people. It is now. If it yeah. So then I had um Justin, who runs the operation, came in as a as an agent and he did a great job, but you know, kind of hit some of the walls in the second year and was kind of, you know, floundering. And, and so we had a conversation. I said, look, you are you're awesome with people. You're great. I want to figure out a way where you stay on the team. And so that evolved to him being sort of the service person and then him ultimately leading the office. And so the past four or five hires um have all been him. And and it's kind of like we need to hire somebody. Okay, go do it and let me know who you choose. Um and it and it's, you know, uh
1: everybody we have now is far better than than you know what we had in the past. You know, a, a just a funny story on that. I don't know if you've got any that could even match this. Um, but I once had an assistant is when I was still going through like first assistance and and, uh, I was out of the office most of the times when we were still in a brick and mortar office with a bunch of other advisors, uh, in a, in like a general office. And, and it's pretty high end, you know, it's like the old wood everywhere, you know, wow. receptionist. Yeah. Yeah. Real classy, you know, um, and, and I came in and, and the manager of the office asked to see me and he said, uh, Wes, listen, I need to have a conversation with you and it's about your assistant. And I said, Oh, oh, okay. Well, what's going on? He goes, Yeah, I'm gonna need you to tell her to wear shoes when she goes to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm dead serious. This is an actual conversation that she would walk from my office with no shoes on into the bathroom. So, so, so um, you know, and and so it became a, a very interesting uh, next conversation with her. It's like, hey, listen, I'm gonna need you to wear shoes. And and this is a real question from her. She said, like all the time. And I said, as long as you're in the office, you can do whatever you want at home, but just yell all the time here. So anyway, I, I, I uh, agree with, man, when you're first hiring people and, and maybe then this is legit. I get it. When you're new or, or you're hiring that first person, you reach a point and, and thank God you're at least thinking of hiring. So if your advisor is listening, this is a key takeaway. You, you, if you're going to create something great and you're going to have a quality of life for yourself and be able to make the maximum difference to your clients. This can't be a one-person show. You need other people because you're not good at everything. And if you spend time doing the stuff you're not good at, you can't focus on the things you are. You see, Ryan, in your case, the amount of people you've built around you, it it, it it's like a constant evolution of your, your capacity to do the things that you do best. And you didn't hire them all at once. And it wasn't because you had uh, all the money ready to go, I'll bet, on your first hire. Gone, no. So... It it's uh but to but to get there i mean how how critical if it, you know was it would you say when you got that really key good person in there that to 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 accelerate your growth I,
2: yeah i mean it's huge because you know what's the expression uh right you're either going to hire a secretary or be one mm-hmm. and you know just getting somebody in there even if they're not amazing they're still taking some things off your plate and, and freeing you up and Um, you know, it just, it just, it's levels on levels. And so then you, you know, you add to that and you upgrade and, you know, you're you're not, usually you're not going to find the best people the first time around, but you just keep building and building. And and as we grow, our people have grown. And as you said, it's just, it's just much different. Um, you know, you go a lot farther with a group, right. Than as an individual. So it's nice to have people that are, are there supporting. And and like you said, uh, I think it's an honest conversation we need to have with ourselves is we are not good at everything. There's a lot of things I'm really bad at. And, and you know, having that honest conversation going, okay, well, maybe I should spend my time on things I'm good at that that I get paid for and not on things I'm bad at. And there's other people who who, that are really good at it and they actually like doing it. And they like it. (laughs) That's right. And I just want to punch a wall because it's like, how can you do? But okay, great. This is perfect. Wes, I want
0: to ask you, in working with as many advisors as you have, and then Ryan, as, as you've been in the business this many years, I do think that there's obviously the, the first level of, you know, who not how, which is just stop doing the things that you should not be doing. It's, 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 you just, you literally should not be doing those things. Um, even if you can you just there, and I think that's administrative, obviously to, 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 that's the easiest, lowest hanging fruit there. But there's this next level of like, I start to build a team, right? You bring on other advisors, you bring on a marketing person. I wonder if we could talk for just a few minutes. I'd love to hear both of you address this idea of the, the, the operations that, that person that really could be between you and the rest of the staff, someone who is literally running the business. Um, it that, that to me seems pretty rare, but when people lock that one in, when they almost remove themselves from, Manage managing people day to day. I think that's the next level, right? The first level is get a bunch of people, uh, and the next is put someone in between you and all those people. So, Wes and and he was well, Ryan. Like, what what are your thoughts on that next level for maybe advisors who are like, you know, I have a staff, but it seems like it's more work, not less work. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll say a couple comments. I'd love to hear Ryan talk about this, but I will tell you that. Um, every, every single, uh, quarter, and we just got done doing this, we do what we've called and we've talked about it on the podcast before our ten five one exercise and what it is, it's a, it's a list and we'll, we'll put some up in the show notes, uh, uh, examples of these tools that we use, that we created, uh, that you're, you're welcome to use, um, for each position, uh, like a lead advisor, like a lead advisor that's doing some of his own or her own, uh, like uh, analytical work behind the scenes, uh, the you know service assistance, all, all these things. But whatever it is, every team member goes through, and by every activity that they're doing, and they add things if if they're not on there. You list a ten or a five or a one. A ten is uh, this is it is mission critical for this to be done, and and in light of our organizational structure, for me to do it, it adds the greatest value to our organization. A five is. This is important and it needs to be done. needs to be done well. Might not be that I should necessarily be the one that can do it, that d- should do it. Like we can either hire it or move somebody else on the team to do it. And then one's just stuff you should stop doing completely. Like you, you, it was great maybe for some season, but not anymore. Equally as good is then we layer next to that a, another 10-5-1, but this is how much do you like it? Like how much joy are you deriving from this activity? And uh, is it a 10? Whereas I just absolutely love this. Is it a five? Um, is it a one? And then and you know, the, the one's like, I hate this, I never want to do it again. Five's like, not bad. It's fine. Ten's like I really, I really love it. But then also being situational because what we've noticed is like there are times if you have too much of any single activity where it used to be a 10, it becomes maybe a five because it's like I've got so much, I I it's it's too it's like putting too much good food on the plate and trying to eat it all. Um, which is why for us in our growth, we figured out, Hey, we've got a great growing client base. At some point, if I'm the lead advisor on every single one of them, and I know, right? This is, I'd love to hear you comment on this because you got, uh, two, two folks that handle lead advisor responsibilities with, with clients that you're not necessarily point person anymore. But I will tell you that was one where I love meeting with clients. It's one of my favorite things to do, but you hit a critical mass where it's too much. It's too much good on the plate. And that's why. If you're going to grow and continue to expand, building that with other advisors, so that's that's an activity. As I would say, when we're thinking about who we add, when we add them, and 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 how they really help inform my behavior. So love to, love to hear your thoughts around that.
2: Yeah, I think one. I, I want to get those notes because that's that's a great exercise. But, <laughs> you bet. Um. Yeah, I think it's just it's just one percent better, right? Like one percent better every day. You can't just go from zero to a hundred, but but you start to bring people on. You try it out, you know, you make your mistakes and you fall forward and you just keep going and going and say, what did I learn? How can I do better? Um, and, and then, you know, it's always the question, Hey, would, would you hire this person again right now? And, you mm-hmm. know, your business progress. That's clarifying. Are, th- are they still in? Are they still the right person for this position? Like I value this person, but maybe they're not. Maybe they're labeling the stuff I want them to do as a one, as Wes would say. And, and you really want somebody else would be labeling it as a 10. So I think it's, it's a lot of trial and error, shuffling people around the bus, figuring out who's on the bus. But yeah, I I guess to your question, Andy, like once I found, you know, Justin, it was really great because then he did those things for me. Right. So he took so much off that now he's doing that piece. So I'm really focusing on the stuff that I feel is a 10. um, And, and a lot of that gets done better than, than I would have done it and more efficient than I would have done it. Certainly.
0: So. If I mean, most advisors are not, they don't have someone that is going to manage their people, right? And so I'm, I'm curious, Ryan, as you look at your growth, how much of the growth of your business has come because you realized or admitted to, hey, I need to get out of the way on some things. Um, I need to, I need to, st-. I mean, how much of your growth is you've stopped doing things and how much of your growth is, you know, you did something new.
2: I mean, it's a tough question to answer because to be, to be candid, like there's still head trash and there's still me getting in the way of a lot of things. In fact, we just had a big meeting earlier this morning about me getting out of the way and, and, and things like sometimes I'll schedule clients and I shouldn't be doing that. And sometimes I'll check on underwriting because I shouldn't, Wes is smiling and laughing because maybe he does. It's like, I shouldn't be doing that. And so it's, um it's, it's, a it's a constant battle. It's never, you know, 100%, but I definitely, you know, when those things are off your plate, you go and pursue those, you know, call it your top, you know, your 20% of your top activities. That's more time to make that call to that big client, to run that meeting, to do that little bit extra that is, you know, really a green light activity that you would have otherwise done. So um, definitely, I mean, the vast majority of the growth now, a lot of it is organic because of the systems we build. And usually when we deviate and if, if Justin were here, he he'd smack me because I'm the one that always deviates. But <laughs> You're that's the, when but you the are right the problem. Point, right? Yeah, I am. I am the problem. Um, so I don't know if I answered that. Great. It, it's hard to pinpoint. No, I, it,
0: I think you did. Thoughts, I think, yeah. If you let I it think run, it, I think that. But I think what's healthy is to say we have tendencies, right? We 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 unless we're intentional, we drift toward toward the direction. And I think it's for so many years you have the muscle memory of, you know, I'm going to check on underwriting. Because I, I need to, because underwriting, that's where things go wrong. That's where, that's where hope goes to die in underwriting, right? So like, you're going to just check on that, right? But at some point, you know, you, you, you have to trust other people to do that. But yeah, it's, I think it's, I appreciate it because, you know, you would think, oh, what, why did, why would he still do that? Well, because, you know, you, you care, you know, and it's a habit, right? Um, what's another example of something maybe Wes, that you, find yourself drifting back towards or that your staff has recently said, you know, Wes, we got, we got that.
1: Yeah, no, this comes up, uh, at least once a year and, and, um, we have check-in points that fix me with it, but it is, it is a problem is, uh, we, we always call it, uh, don't, don't use the bat phone unless you really need to use the bat phone. Mm -hmm. And what that means is every single day we have a headline meeting that's 15 minutes. And that's where um, when I'm thinking or having a meeting or doing things that if I have a question for somebody, rather than you just fire off that email or pick up the phone or you know whatever whatever it is I'm going to do right then to, to, to stop, I just put it in my meeting for the next day for because for, very few things can't wait till nine o'clock tomorrow morning where I'm going to have that in there. But it's so much more efficient to do it that way. Because I mean, you know, especially if you're the point leader of your organization, your words weigh a thousand pounds. Uh, you, especially people that you're not, like maybe newer folks that haven't worked or danced with you for a while. You say, "Hey, can you check on this for me?" Well, you might not I mean drop everything you're doing right now and go check on this thing. You're just saying, yeah. "Hey, I kind of want to know." So instead, ten o'clock or nine o'clock every morning, we have this check-in. So here's what happens, though. So I know the rule. I mean, I created the language around the rule. Right, the rule is, hey, we wait till nine o'clock and we because and, and, otherwise you can pick up the bat phone, you can break the rule, and but it is it understand that's what you're doing. Because what happens is all of us operate in a state of flow. And um it's it's what's really easy for people to just ping it. Yeah, especially if you're in the same physical location. I think a lot of times that's because you're right there, right? And there's certainly positives that can come from from that, but also the negatives are, I mean, it's you're right there. And so yeah, it's okay to interrupt. So but we do it digitally too. It doesn't matter. And and so what we do is is we have this this standard that says, hey, if it is not absolute bad phone material, don't pick up the bad phone. Don't send the bad email to say it's an emergency, I need to know now. Cause that's what you that's that's what you're putting out if you can't wait till nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Now the number one, and this is so consistent, violator of that rule in our organization is me. So I and, I and I get it, and I really work hard not to do it. And you know, I'll usually do good for about three and a half to four months once we've talked about it, and then I'll be like, well, you know, and and I do it. I go, oh, that was just once. I won't do it again. And uh, but my people, you know, the 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 team that we're surrounded with, very transparent. They're very good at uh, when we do our quarterly sessions of, all right, what 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 do we all believe is a part of our organizational health that's not happening? And they're fine to point at. Well, you have picked up the bat phone. 19 times this thing, and it was for this and this and this. So I think you have to have transparency and, and vulnerability with your people. They need to feel comfortable telling you that stuff when you're, and you're not, and you're going to go, yeah, no, you're right. I need to fix it. And then it's, you know, and, and, and <laughs> but, but I will tell you, that's, a, that's just a funny one that, and I find that one to be one of those that's universally true across the board that, that there's just so much that could easily wait till the next day. You wouldn't create unnecessary interruptions to someone else's day. And again, remember your words. And some leaders leaders are not very aware of leaders. Your words weigh a thousand pounds. So you, a lot of people you tell go, "Hey, I want to know about this." I'll put more important stuff aside that I would define as more important, and they'll go after it. So that that's one thought I had. So Ryan,
0: let's let's look forward um, with being paid for your time, with um, you know ideal clients. What do you? still want to improve on? What do you still want to refine? How do you want your business to look in five to 10 years? Because at this point, a lot of people would say, oh, I want to practice exactly like his. And that's great. But I'm 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 thinking uh, that there's things that you would say, man, I, I really want us to be better at this, or I really want us to change and grow into this um, not because you're doing a poor job today, but just because you have aspirations of, of different things in the future. So what does it does it look like less clients? Does it look like different clients? What, what does your business look like in five, 10 years if all the dreams come true?
2: Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, we're, we're always growing and, and growing doesn't necessarily mean bigger, but y- you always want to make, uh, you know, things better tomorrow than they are today, right? You just have this tendency to do that. So, uh, um, I mean, a couple of things I, I realistically think we can double, uh, our top line within five years and double it again within 10. And that's just a, a natural, you know, the way the systems are set up, the way people get on the board and, and the way we tend to, to hold people. So, um, I don't want to make it just monetary, but it's, it's fun to think about, you know, the opportunities in terms of the clientele. We're, we're working to identify the right places. So you know, certain ones I'm going to, I'm going to work with and certain ones, the team's going to work with. And we've got systems. We're constantly working to redefine those. Um, and then as, as that progresses, we're, we're finding, thankfully um, we're getting more introductions. Now um, we did a big change over a few months ago to an RIA space. That's allowed us to open up a lot of our marketing, social media, some of these things, um, testimonials. And, and um, we just did a really nice, yeah, booklet that we're sending and clients really like it. And we've got a, a lot of them talking now. So they, they seem to be excited about it. So, you know, we do this every year. We're getting ready to do our, our one year, three year, five year. I, I just actually hired a coach, probably the third coach I've hired, but a much higher level coach. Cause I think he can help me think more clearly and, and get to those levels that I was maybe not willing to, to get excited about before. Um, and it, and it just frees up more time and opportunity to, do more of what you want. So I, I think it's, uh, it's exciting because it's, it's literally a blank canvas. And, and that was one thing kind of going a little off, but I want to get back to is I think for a lot of the people, especially starting out, it's good to have goals and aspirations, but I would, I would caution to take some time and really think if it's about what you want, right? We, there's many different successful advisors. Some have a hundred person team and manage a billion dollars and some are solo and, and they all have different things, but you know, what what Wes wants is not necessarily what I want. And and I know early on I had some some buddies that, you know, they were building their practice with doctors. And I really, really wanted to, oh, well, I should work with doctors, because this is a great idea. Well, they had these natural ends to these hospitals. And it um I don't particularly enjoy working with many doctors and I didn't have those in. So I shouldn't be copying that. Um, you know, it's really about stepping back and, and at least once or twice a year and thinking about, yeah, what what track am I on? And is this the track I really want to be on? Because we can all really go anywhere with this practice. And that's, that's the danger and the beauty of it at the same time, right? There's so many tracks you can run on. Um, so that's where I'd go.
1: I love that, Ryan. And, 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 you know, one of the things that, uh, is, is the theme of of our podcast is to increase profitability and quality of life for not just yourself, but those you serve. And I would tell you, I mean, getting to observe you from, from the outside and getting to, getting to come to your, your home and stay with you and, and Annie and the kids and, and, uh, get to walk through kind of a week in the life of you. Um, and, and Ryan, Ryan, this is how successful Ryan is. He has a, another house behind his house. Yeah. That is a pool house. That's really cool. And, and by the way, is a pool in between there. And, uh, and, uh, and his, his kids love him and his wife still loves him. And, uh, so there's a lot of things that you can fit into a definition of what, uh, quality of life and profitability look like. But Ryan has a great practice. He makes a lot of money, um, and is very profitable, but he's profitable outside of just the, those check the boxes things. It's not that those aren't important to, right. to him or to, to us, but it's, it's, it's a holistic, not just planning that he does, but a holistic in how he approaches life. And, uh, which is one of the things that I've been beautiful on my side to get to see and, and really just your intentional thought and intentionality about that, um, also, also, just one other antidote. Ryan has a sauna in his basement. Knew it was yeah, coming. I am, I am probably the only other man that is set next to him in that sauna, and Annie took a picture of it. So it is documented somewhere. Um, it was pre-workout, nothing weird. Okay, we were just getting a sweat before he got a sweat, but. But, uh, that's, you know, so that tells you a lot about Ryan. No, I, I, uh, Ryan, have you done cold plunge too? Are you full? Are you full
0: on
2: both spectrums? Are you cold it, and it, hot? It's funny. Cause, um, I've been, I've been hitting it pretty hard for about the last month and a half and, uh, cold plunge or the song Cold plunge. Okay. Uh, but the labs, like funny? what are we doing? Are we hot? Know, or- the Huberman labs. Everybody should listen to those. Those are phenomenal. Um, yeah, the cold plunge I'm, I'm, I'm recharacterizing, but I was doing uh, seven minutes a day. It like forty eight degrees, um, and and I'll tell you what you get out of that thing, and you're
1: you're ready to to run through a wall. Um, listen, we are gonna we have to have a special episode of Andy doing the cold plunge at some point because that will be he's audio so resistant.
0: Yeah, that'll um, be audio only. I know. I'm well, actually Sten, hey, listen. Sten has one what? at his house, Wes.
1: And, we, uh, I need. I need. Gonna, this could be. This could be. Maybe the most downloaded uh, YouTube side of the episode. No, We're doing audio only. Talked about it so many times now. If you yeah, don't, but you're going to do audio only, and it's happy, really like to give to, it up. I, I mean, you're I mean,
0: have to bleep out. You're going to have to bleep out. Like that's uh, fine. We've got so much technology for it. All you, you know. need is a tub and some ice. you you got it. Yeah. Um, so fine. my question uh, for you, Ryan, is what still scares you? about the future what are you still what still worries you what doubts still uh you know pop up every once in a while just being in this business
2: yeah I, I a lot of it is the same it's just different versions right like you know i'm not i'm not worried about putting gas in my car anymore i'm not worried about you know making enough to 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 get by um but you know there's still fear of reduction rejection it's no fun when people tell you no and and in some ways i think the 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 further you get in the business, the more successful you are. The harder it is for somebody to tell you no. You know, I, I could brush that off a lot easier as a 22 year old kid. Who, you know, okay, yeah, You're I'm doing
1: a, walkabouts. Yeah, yeah, like the lot. guy that at the
2: Holmes. He, you know, he he didn't come on board surprisingly. So, um, you know, there's 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 you know the the fear of rejection, uh, the fear of fa- failure, uh, you know, not letting people down. Right, we've got a big team now. We've got a lot of clients that really put a lot of trust in us and. Mm-hmm you know, every now and then sometimes you wake up and you go, man, I, I really hope I don't let anybody down. I really just, you know, don't want to disappoint anyone. Um, you know, and God bless it. We've been, been fortunate. It's been a great 20 some years. And, and I think we run about a 99% retention rate with our clients. But, um, you know, when you think about some of those things, it's, it's okay. You know, did, did I miss anything here? Am I, am I looking at everything is, are all the I's dotted and the T's crossed? Um, cause we've just got a lot more responsibility now than, than we had in the past.
1: Man, I I want to hit what you said because uh, having, you know, spent time with a lot of great entrepreneurs and, and, uh, and a lot of great people that are, let's say we got a lot of, we got a lot of 20 plus guys that listen to this and girls that listen to this podcast as well. And I would say the number one, um, kind of thing that haunts us and, and, and can be fuel, um, But, but also I think has to, we got to like deal with is I don't want to let anybody down. And, and I don't, I, you know, you build a team, everybody has mortgages. Everybody has families that they have aspirations and goals. And, and, and the lie, I think we often tell ourselves because of some wound early on in our lives is you're going to let everybody down. And so you bet, and I think you can be really successful with that. I think, I think talking about it though helps me to go, but well, wait a minute. Let me just take a second. And you and I have talked about this before. Cause if you were to go back and tell that kid uh, that was walking around and asking people for, you know, trying to, trying to get in there, and tell them they built crappy homes um, uh, when you were a I mean, If you were to tell that kid all the things that you have right now in your life and and all the people that you've helped and all the team members that you've grown and healed together, so many different things, he'd be happy. He'd be like, this is unbelievable. And, and I think we sometimes in our business owe it to ourselves. Cause, cause you, I don't think it goes away. Like I, I same thing. It like comes in as I hope I don't let anybody down. I don't want, I want to hope we can keep going is that if we can say, you know what, well, there's going to be a 20 year older version of us at some point, And in all probability, (laughs) that's gonna be saying sure I'm happy about all the things we've built and all the things that have happened, but it won't happen by default. It's gonna happen by design. And you've been a master of intentionality about growing your business forward. So I appreciate that about you, my friend, and appreciate your your vulnerability and and taking the time to share all these uh all, all these great just thoughts with us. It's gonna help a lot of people. Thanks for having me on. It was great. And uh, if, and when you
2: guys do, do that cold plunge. I'd I'd love to see the video of Andy in there.
1: (laughs) It's going to (laughs) happen.
2: It's the worst episode ever. (laughs) No, Ryan,
0: thank you for being here today. And um, thank you for your story. I hope those who are listening or watching, I I hope sincerely that you'll find the part of the story that is where you are uh, right now. And then listen the interview in light of what what did ryan do to to continue to grow was it a hire uh was it taking you know a class from west which he did uh an early version of the transform series you know there's there's things that 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 he's done um uh, and which includes just not giving up doing the hard work right and so wherever you're at i hope that you found some encouragement today from ryan and from from west in their conversation and as always, um, you know, I trust this. If you've gotten this far in the episode, then, then it's provided some value to you. And so for those listening and watching, we really would appreciate a review, uh, wherever you're listening, whether it's on Spotify, give it five stars, or wherever it's, uh, on iTunes, go ahead and, 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 write a review there. We do appreciate that. And it helps other people find the show. So, um, thank you for listening. And Wes and Ryan, thanks for your time today as well.
1: Great to be here, Andy.